Happy Birthday, Mr. President is a production of Big Four Enterprises, copyright 2020. I'm your host, Jeff Myers. And I'm your co-host, Carissa Slate. Our creative director is Shelby Myers, and our senior writer is Evan Myers. This is Happy Happy Birthday, birthday, Mr. Mr. President. Hey, Carissa. Hey, Dad. We have celebrated... 26 birthdays before this one. This is our 27th episode. That's wild. It is. It is. And this particular president was born on the 4th of July. A real Yankee Doodle Dandy. A real Yankee Doodle Dandy. Calvin Coolidge was born on July 4th, 1872 in Plymouth Notch, Vermont. And we are celebrating his 148th birthday. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Now we've celebrated, or not celebrated, but we've noted that there were a couple of presidents that actually died on the 4th of July. Yes. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Mm-hmm. But Calvin Coolidge was born on the 4th of July. The only one, the right? Only one. The, yeah. the only one. Yeah. The only one. Yes. And he's probably one of our lesser known presidents. Mm-hmm. And in fact, even from a little boy, his nickname was Silent Cal. Because he was very shy and just didn't really say a whole lot. Yes. Yep. He was known for giving just yes, no answers. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's about all you'd get from old Cal. Yeah. In his younger age, he uh, didn't participate in sports. And he would usually spend his time, like, uh, doing chores Mm -hmm. on the family farm in Vermont. And... Uh, he really had an unremarkable academic career, wasn't known as being a particular scholar. But one thing he was known for was he worked hard. Yeah. And that was probably instilled in him by his parents. Um, when he was the age to go to college, he his first choice was to go to Amherst College. He initially failed the entrance wow. exam. Wow. So he had to go to... He was a pretty subpar... So far, silent kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he he did eventually graduate from Amherst College mm-hmm. in 1895, and then he went on, like many of our presidents, to be a lawyer. Yep. And he married Grace Goodhue, and Grace was a teacher at the Clark Institute for the Deaf in Northampton, Massachusetts. That's where he, he was born in Vermont, but he ended up in Northampton, Massachusetts, and uh, they got married on October 4th, 1905, and he was 33 years old. And Grace, actually, she did a lot for um, raising awareness for the deaf community. Yes. And she invited Helen Keller to the White House. Did she? She did. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Helen Keller. Yep. I think they raised like $2 million for um, wow. a, some foundation. But, yeah. Well, it seems that... Grace and Cal would be a good match because he didn't talk very much. Yeah. And so she mm-hmm. maybe brought out mm-hmm. his shyness. Was she hearing impaired? Was she, did she have any? I really don't know if she was hearing impaired, but I know she worked with the hearing impaired. And they had two sons. Their oldest son was named John. And mm-hmm. in fact, he was named after his grandfather, Calvin's dad, was mm-hmm. John. And then their younger son was named Calvin, Calvin Jr. So okay. they had two boys. And he did get into uh, a political career in Massachusetts, and he held a lot of, um, like, city offices, councilmen. Um, he uh, became the mayor of Northampton, Massachusetts, and one of the things that he did when he was mayor was he was very much uh, 
for the working man, and he helped raise teachers' salaries. Wow. And since we are Where a family... Where is Calvin Coolidge now? Exactly. Huh. We are a family of teachers. They yes. thought that that was kind of the interesting thing yeah. about Calvin Coolidge. Supported education. He did support education. He served as the lieutenant governor of Massachusetts from 1916 until 1918, and he was the governor of Massachusetts from 1919 to 1920. So when he was in the governor's mansion mm-hmm. as lieutenant governor and governor, uh, it was during World War I, uh, and after he got uh, out of the governor's office, World War One was over, mm-hmm. so it was actually kind of going into the 1920s, and you heard the roaring 20s oh, yeah. when it was kind of a happening party, time, yeah. party time, kind of like we're going into the roaring 20s again, although... Oh, it's super, super party time right now. <laughs> most people would rather night, uh, 2020 <laughs> go away, but I digress. It, it was the election of eight of 1920, sorry, getting my 20s mixed up, the election of 1920... And he was the vice president candidate with Warren G. Harding, and they were elected. Mm-hmm. He was vice president from 1921 until 1923. And on August 3rd of 1923, Calvin was vacationing with his family, and they were at the family farm. And he received word that President Harding had suffered a heart attack in San Francisco and had died. Oh, so Calvin Coolidge was an accidental he was president? was an accidental president. What? I didn't know that. Yes. So Warren Harding had died, so he got word it was actually his chauffeur, and there was a newspaper man and I think uh, some other official, mm-hmm. because there was no phone at this house where he was yeah. at, so they had to come and tell him. And they told him, and he and his wife Grace prayed, and then they went back to bed. Oh wow! <laughs> Actually, before he was went back to bed, his his dad, Colonel John Calvin Coolidge, who was a local justice of the peace and a notary public, uh, administered the oath, presidential oath of office, thus becoming the only father in history to give his son the presidential oath of office. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he was sworn in by his dad. Sworn in by his dad. Yes. And then he and went. Then to he bed. went to bed. Wow. <laughs> then Can he you imagine? Bed. That's like the ultimate. Let go and let God. Like, it, yeah, definitely. Well, better get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, he was he was very very even killed, low key. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I, as I was reading through a lot of the things that he did, he just was um, just very methodical. But he got a lot of things done. Yeah. Never saying much, and uh, being able to reach compromise with with many people that he dealt with. Mm-hmm. He served. Uh, the re- remainder of Warren Harding's term, which then became essentially his first term, yeah, uh, and then he did get uh, reelected. Um, so he served from August third, nineteen twenty three, to March fourth of nineteen twenty nine. He was in office for about six years, and he entered office when he was fifty one years old. Mm-hmm. So that's how old Calvin Coolidge was okay. when he became the president. Young, yeah, he was pretty young, mm-hmm. pretty young man, and when. Uh, he became president. He and Grace told uh, Mrs. Harding that uh, she didn't need to be in a rush to leave the White House. Mm-hmm. So Calvin and Grace actually stayed at a local hotel, and they didn't move into the White House until four days after uh, Mrs. Harding had, had left. Oh, okay. And so it was, uh, 
uh, as the staff of the White House said it was, they were like night and day because the Hardings had basically shut off the White House to the public and said, this is our private, it's all ours. Yeah. And then when the Coolidge's moved in, they said, you know what, we're going to reopen the, the first floor of the White House to the public and we'll take the private residence up to the second floor, which I think is what it's been maintained today. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So Warren G. Harding, we haven't had his birthday. He's a, he's a pretty interesting guy himself. Well, one of the things that Calvin did, uh, he to, to get to know the members of Congress better, mm-hmm. is he got a list of them, an alphabetical list, and then he would invite them one by one, alphabetically, to the White House for breakfast. <laughs> alphabetically. Yeah. Now, it, word got around, and these congressmen started to dread going to the White House. Oh, no. Because he always served pancakes with Vermont maple syrup. That sounds delicious. And then he would rarely talk to them. <laughs> and then after they were done eating, they he'd say, okay, you can leave now. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It was just like a... He was a man of few words. <laughs> <laughs> why would you... Why the, would you do that? That's just, that's just the way he was. Just... The, for the image of inviting all of them? Or? Well, no, it was actually to build relationships with them yeah. and get to know them better, but wouldn't you think you'd you, actually want to talk yeah, to them? And... Yeah, I can see that, though. All the congressmen just being like, oh, he's so awkward. Let's go <laughs> eat pancakes with him. <laughs> well, there was one occasion uh, at, a, at a state dinner uh, that a woman uh, went up to the President Coolidge and told him that, uh, she said, I've taken a bet with someone that I can get you to say more than two words. No way. And Calvin Cool Coolidge replied, "You lose." <laughs> Is that real? That's real. That's crazy. That's a true story. I oh tried to gosh. come up with some true false for Calvin Coolidge, yeah. but some of the stuff is kind of weird, and I couldn't even come yeah. up with false stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, he did have to deal with the fallout from the corrupt Harding administration, and mm. that's uh, that was one of the the biggest challenges that he, he had to face. The Teapot Dome scandal was one of those where there was some federal land that was leased uh, by some uh, Harding administration officials mm-hmm. and to private oil companies and um, kickbacks and profits and everything. Yeah. So Calvin pretty much distanced himself from all that. So, mm-hmm. Well, in the summer of 1924, his son, Calvin Jr., was playing tennis. Okay. And he wasn't wearing socks. So Calvin Jr. is out there playing tennis Ew. and he's not wearing socks and he developed a blister. Well, yeah, you well, weirdo. That blister developed an infection which led to blood poisoning and Calvin Jr. died. Oh my God. He died on July 7th at age 16 <gasps> from a blister from playing tennis. Without wearing socks. Why wouldn't you wear socks? I don't know. Now, you're a doctor, right? Yes. Now, you're a doctor of physical therapy. I am, a yes. doctor of physical therapy. So. Is, well, why would you not wear socks playing tennis? <laughs> I don't. I, I, didn't, I didn't inquire why. Well, then. that, you know, it makes sense, though, because the Coolidge's themselves, I mean, it's awful that he died. That's, that's It's terrible. terrible. That's terrible and very sad, but they had some weird fitness... The Coolidge's Yeah, did. the Coolidge's had some weird fitness habits. They did. Yes, so Calvin Coolidge, 
he used to, for exercise, he would ride a mechanical horse in the White House. Wait. Yeah. A mechanical horse? A mechanical horse. And he got kind of a lot of flack for it because they were like, that's that's pretty lame, like, to have a mechanical horse. It was electric, and he would ride the mechanical horse. So how's that fitness for him? I mean, I would use it, like, with my old patients for, like, core stability and trunk control and that sort of thing, but not for the President of the United States. (laughs) And then when he got, he got, so he got tired of the mechanical horse he was like oh i'm, I'm done with that okay you can get rid of that did he send it out to pasture to he probably did like don't you think if you were the president you could ride actual horses you i feel think. like that would be better exercise. you would think i don't know but then he decided he was gonna get a vibrating machine to reduce his belly fat oh, is that one of those belts that... yes if you well they have <laughs> the belts yeah they just like like what is that the truffle shuffle <laughs> like, <laughs> like they yeah did a he... vibrating machine that they have them now that you stand on again for. Oh, I know those. Yeah, yeah. they vibrate very fast. Yeah. It's actually to reduce like muscle tension and yeah. fatigue. But he was trying to. That do was it his exercise for belly fat loss. Yeah. So he's kind of a lazy exerciser. Yes, he's using very. mechanical horses and uh huh vibrating, vibrating machines. machines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, he sure was. Wow. Well, the loss of that's really weird. <laughs> Well, the loss of Calvin Jr. It really, it really did hit yeah. him very hard. And oh, I'm he, sure. Uh, for the rest of his life, and um, there was one occasion where a, a little boy uh, came to the White House and said he wanted to see the president uh, to share his condolences for Aww. losing his son. And the president uh, walked with this little boy around the White House grounds, and after that. Uh, he told his Secret Service, his bodyguards, he said that if there's ever a boy that wants to come in and talk to me, you you bring them in. You you uh, make sure Aww. that they get to see me. Yeah. So. Um, That's cute. Yeah. So he uh, he was uh, pretty distraught over that. The election of 1924 came. So this is a time when now uh, now President Coolidge can run for election, and his campaign was a campaign slogan was actually pretty cool. <laughs> 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 Keep cool with Coolidge. That's, no, really? That, that was it. That's yeah. a cool slogan. With a name like Coolidge. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty. He, uh, there were actually th- uh, three men running for president. Uh, John W. Davis from West Virginia and Robert LaFollette from Wisconsin. I assume those guys are senators. Yeah. I've never heard of them. They just <laughs> tore down LaFollette Complex at Ball State University. I, that's right. I wonder yeah. if this is the same LaFollette. Well, this guy was from Wisconsin. So. Probably not the same. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, Calvin Coolidge won 54% of the popular vote. Oh, okay. He was far out in front of the uh, the other two. In fact, when you look at the total popular votes, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was like if you combined the votes that Davis and LaFollette got, they got half the votes, and Coolidge got the other half. Oh, okay. I mean, he beat yeah. he beat him by a, a wide margin. And um, one of the things that uh, he did say, this is a quote I found: "If you don't say anything, you won't be called on to repeat it." Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, I I particularly like this because my dad uh-huh. used to tell me. He said, "You never have to explain what you don't say." Yeah. That, yes, that's so true. Which is the same. It's paraphrasing that, but it's the same. So that was kind of the, if you don't say anything, you won't have to be called on to repeat it. That's funny. Yeah. So, and the, uh, so he's, he served uh, the, the four years there, and uh, he chose not to run for re-election in 1928. Mm-hmm. He had just 
uh, gotten tired yeah. of it. And he had some physical ailments. I guess he had some respiratory issues. Uh, Probably because he didn't you know, actually do any endurance training. He just rode mechanical horse. <laughs> <laughs> and, bel- and belly fat and machines. Be- belly vibrators. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Well, it was said, too, that um, being president did take a physical toll on mm. both uh, Calvin and his wife, Grace. So oh, yeah. um, they decided to uh, retire. And um, uh, before we get to that, there's some interesting facts I found about Calvin Coolidge, okay. which I thought here. were pretty cool. This, this started out as the true or false section, but all the answers would be true because these things are <laughs> weird. <laughs> so... Uh, the Coolidge family used to use sign language to communicate so others wouldn't know what they were, quote, saying. Oh, that's funny. Grace worked with the deaf, so yes. apparently Calvin also uh, understood sign language. That's funny. Yeah. I wonder if they spoke Pig Latin. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, while he was president, Coolidge had a pet raccoon that he named Rebecca. Rebecca the raccoon? Rebecca the raccoon. And... It, They'd also often see him walking around the White House with this raccoon riding on what? his shoulder. Yeah. It was like an indoor pet? It like a, a cat? Like a cat. <gasps> Is that the only first... What's the first pet? Like the White House pet? The first pet? White House pet? Oh, yeah. that's a really good question. Well... It, probably a dog. What's the... Could have been a dog. Could have been a horse. Isn't... Don't they have like... <laughs> um, oh, I can't even think of the name of them. Some sort of terrier. Isn't that a common dog that they keep in the White House? Or am I making that up? You're making that up. Am I? Okay. <laughs> I really don't know. I feel like most of the presidents... A lot of presidents had dogs, yeah. Um, so there was one president... Um, corgis? Or is that... Corgis, yeah. Uh, one of the more recent presidents had corgis. I think it might Did have... Did Obama have corgis? I think Obama might have had corgis, Yeah. I know uh, John Quincy Adams. Well, I don't want to give it away. His birthday is coming up. He had a very different exotic pet. Oh, so more exotic than knew, a raccoon. More exotic. I wonder if he knew Joe Ra- Joe Exotic. Oh, <laughs> Tiger King. <laughs> um, as President Coolidge refused to use the telephone. Oh, really? Yes. Because he didn't like to talk. He he would have been a good person in the age of texting. You think? Yeah, because you don't have to fill in any awkward silence like you do on the phone. I hate answering the phone sometimes. Oh, I do too. Because I just don't have the energy to talk. But I would just rather you text me and then I can decide when I want to text you back. But he was... He was silent, Cal, so... So his text... His text would be two words. People would probably think that they were mad. Like he was mad at them with his text response. That's probably why he invited the the members of Congress over for breakfast and he'd sit there while they're eating their pancakes with Vermont maple syrup <laughs> Just stare because at he's him. from Vermont and yeah. as a small boy he used to like to tap the trees and get the maple syrup oh <laughs> so boy I tied that one in there didn't I guy, yeah <laughs> Coolidge also lighted the first national Christmas tree in 1923 on the White House lawn oh that's cool yeah no they had to have a lot of matches because you know they had candy no, no I'm kidding <laughs> I'm imagining him just going, just silence for like two hours while he goes and lights all the candles. Yeah. I bet there were some quiet, quiet evenings in the White House yeah. during the Coolidge administration. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. And he probably quit playing tennis, too. Oh, Sorry. gosh. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's bad. Sorry. <laughs> well, after they left the White House, uh, Grace and Cal actually purchased their first home. Their first home? Yes. Okay. 
And it was a little known fact that, and in my research, I didn't read this, but I remember this from, oh, I don't know, some time ago. He always rented. Really? And the reason that he rented is because he didn't uh, want to be beholden to a mortgage company for huh. property. But after he was president, he had a little bit more money. And so he and Grace uh, thought that this modest little home that they moved back to in Northampton uh, was too small. So they actually purchased an estate on nine acres. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it was the first time they purchased a home. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. interesting. This is after he's been president of the United States, so this, these are retirement years. Huh. Um, they lived a simple lifestyle. Um, they didn't. They didn't subscribe to Netflix or really uh, any sort. They didn't even have internet in the house. Did they have Pandora or Spotify? Like, no, they they used a, a Victrola, the wind up kind. With oh the big, my yes. gosh! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, it was in the nineteen twenties. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they were well off financially uh, because they had saved over the years and carefully invested. So, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, he was um, I wonder a if very was... prudent man, and yeah. I think he governed prudently as well. Yeah. Uh, so. I wonder if it was the same back then where, like right now, it is cheaper to have a mortgage than it is to rent, typically. Typically, the, yeah. The payment versus square footage yeah. normally. Yeah. So I wonder if it was the same back then. It. It could have been um, there. Well, you know, actually, you bring up a good point that one of the things he dealt with. So after World War One, uh, you had a lot of soldiers returning back from mm -hmm. from the war, and um, they needed places to live, and 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 there were uh, housing shortages. Yeah. And so uh, landlords were taking advantage of them and jacking up rents. Oh wow! So yeah. in that scenario, I would have to presume that rent was higher than if you than actually bought. Yeah. Uh, bought your own. Yeah. So um, this is actually also around the time when the income tax was implemented. So yeah, yeah taxing and uh, all that stuff yeah. was a lot different then than it is now. Yeah. But uh, that's a great point. Uh, well, he had um, some respiratory problems and uh, on January 5th, 1933, and when they were in Northampton, uh, Grace went in to uh, uh, tell Calvin that lunch was ready. And she found him. He had actually collapsed, and he, oh. he had passed away. On yeah, I said January fifth, nineteen thirty-three. He was sixty years old. Oh gosh! Yeah. So he he was he went into the White House at fifty-one, and then he passed away when he was sixty. Wow! Very very strange. He uh, so he was buried at the family plot at uh, Plymouth Notch, Vermont, where he was born, mm -hmm. and that's where where he uh, was laid to rest. Now Grace uh, went on, and she became well known as a baseball fan. Oh, okay. And she attended Boston Red Sox games as much as she could until mm -hmm. she was able. And she'd listen to them uh, on the radio when she couldn't go to the games. And she died on July 8th, 1957, okay. uh, when she was 78. So she lived uh, yeah. another, what's that, 24 years after Calvin had wow. died. So, yes. This is the 148th birthday of Calvin Coolidge, born on the 4th of July. <laughs> Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Mr. President. President. Happy 4th of July, everybody, and thank you for listening. We hope you will join us for our next episode as we celebrate the next birthday of another president of the United States.